0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads. We're here to serve you in any way that we can. For more information about our resources or our church, you can check out hope at crossroads.org. Online, you can find access to other resources like devotionals and study books. Thanks again for joining us. And now let's start this week's message.
1: Good morning. Wow, that's good. First time. All right. I don't have to ask you a second time today. It's so good to see you everyone and uh I tell you um Brandon where are you at? Where are you, where are you go? There he is. And, uh, brother, thank you for thank you for the worship today. Thank you for just I love how the spirit just leads you. I love how uh you're just so sensitive to his leading. Uh during worship, and uh, from this pastor's heart, I'm grateful because uh, I don't know about you, but I have experienced the goodness of God already in worship today. So, um, because as I always say, God is good all and all the time. God is good. Amen. Amen. Well, let's get started. Uh, if you want to, go ahead and take your Bibles. You can turn to Romans chapter 6 today. Uh, we are continuing our series, if you're visiting with us, in the book of Romans. And um, so we are landing in, in chapter 6 today. And as we continue this series in the book of Romans, so far uh, this first month of January uh, into Uh, Today, the first Sunday in February, we have looked at several things. We've looked at who wrote the book of Romans, which we know is the Apostle Paul. We've looked at uh, why it's important for us. And the fact that the book of Romans is really the foundation of biblical doctrine for every believer in Jesus Christ. Because what Paul and as you've seen already, what you will continue to see throughout this series is that Paul lays the groundwork for the follower of Christ, and it shows the fundamentals of the faith that is important to our Christian faith. We've talked about how we shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel. Uh, Romans chapter one verse sixteen. If you've not memorized that verse, I would encourage you to to memorize that, where Paul says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of salvation to all who believe. We've also saw that the gospel is the power, as we just said, for salvation to all who believe. It's not just for a it wasn't just for the Jews, but Paul was saying it's for the Jews and the Gentiles. And in case you're wondering, um, you are one or the other. Uh, maybe you come from a Jewish uh, heritage and Jewish background, uh, so you are not you Jew uh, from, from your heritage. But if you are not, you fall in the category, like I do, as a Gentile. Um, and it was the Gentiles that Paul was set apart by God to... Proclaim the gospel. Last week, we've been introduced to a couple of these big Bible words. Justification, meaning that we've been declared righteous before God, thanks to Jesus, the work of Jesus Christ. And then last week, sanctification, which we're going to continue uh, looking at that today. And sanctification, basically, is what makes the sinner righteous. It's a the practical growing and maturing of one's faith. So we open up in verse 1, Paul. He opens up with this question that obviously has come up in the church at Rome uh, for the believers. This question of, okay, as he ended chapter 5, where he says... Uh, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So you have these followers of Christ, these, uh, these young believers uh, who have uh, kind of misunderstood what, what Paul was, was proclaiming and what Paul was teaching here. And so he answers this question as he begins chapter uh, 6 in verse 1. He says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died in sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him in baptism by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life. For if we've been united with him in his death... We shall certainly be united with him in his resurrection as well. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For the one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we've died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over Him. For the death that He died, He died to sin once for all. But the life that He lives, He lives to God, so that you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body, to make you obey its passions do not present your members as sin as members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death unto life and your members to God as instruments of righteousness for sin will no, will have no dominion over you since you are no longer under the law but under grace what then paul says are we to sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? Once again, he says, by no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one in which you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you, who were once slaves of sin, have been, become obedient from the heart to the standard of the teaching, in which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, there's that phrase again, have become slaves of righteousness. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that as we look at your word, as we dissect it, as we meditate on it, as we gain understanding and wisdom and discernment from it, Lord, I pray that you would hide me behind your cross, that... Jesus would be seen, not me. But I pray that I would proclaim clearly the good news of the gospel and the teachings of Paul here in Romans chapter 6. In your name we pray. Amen. Paul goes on and he says, He says, by no means are we to live in sin that grace may abound. Why? Why? Because when the believer was justified at salvation, he was free from sin, not free to sin. And sometimes we get that mixed up a lot of times. We feel like, well, there's a lot of people who come to faith in Jesus Christ and and not understanding, still being a a young believer and hasn't been discipled and mentored and nurtured in the faith, may have this, this thought, this process that, well, because, because of grace, you know, I'm free to do live my life however I want to. I'm free to just make any decision that I want. Even though it may not be obedient to God, that's where grace comes in, right? The problem with that thought process is this. That that person who believes that, who lives that way, number one, they don't understand justification. And two, they don't understand the grace of God. Because Paul clearly twice in this chapter 6 says that we are free from sin, not free to sin. So I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you today. If, if that has been your thought process, let God free you from that. And understand that, that your salvation is not a license to sin because of the grace of God but you are free from sin. There's three things that I want to look at today um, in the passage. He says that because we were buried, therefore, with him in his death, and that Christ raised from the dead, from the glory of God, we too walk in the newness of life. This whole series, this whole phrase of being dead to sin and alive in Christ, there's... Three things that I want to bring out, according to the Scriptures. Number one is that, that we, or you, are no longer, you no longer have to live a life enslaved to sin anymore. Your old self is gone. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and the new has come. In other words, the old way of living life is a thing of the past. I no longer desire to live like that. Now, does it mean that I'm free from, that I'll never sin again as a believer in Christ? Absolutely not. But what it does mean is that I'm going to live my life to the best of my ability with the guidance of the Holy Spirit that I may not sin intentionally over and over and over. So we no longer have to live a life enslaved to sin because we now walk in newness of life. And it's this, this picture, uh, Warren Wearsby puts it this way it's, it's both liter, literally and figuratively. Literally, basically, what he's saying is when Christ died on the cross and was buried 2,000 years ago, we were too, as a believer in Jesus Christ. But when Christ was resurrected three days later, so were we. In symbolically, That's what baptism represents. You know, many times you'll hear this phrase uh, that um, I heard growing up. I use it. um, But when I baptize someone, I'll ask them, have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? They'll say say yes. And I'll say, based upon your profession of faith, I baptize you, my brother and my sister, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in His death, Raised to walk in newness of life. And because of that salvation experience, we no longer have to live a life enslaved to sin. We've been set free from sin. As I said, not free to sin. The second thing that we see here in verse 12 is that we no longer, or you no longer, obey the passions and desires of the flesh. This type of living is in the past. Galatians 5, the Apostle Paul, the same guy that wrote wrote the book of Romans, he says it this way, For freedom Christ has set us free, stand firm therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And he goes on in verse 16, he says, But I say, walk in the Spirit, And you will not gratify the desires of your flesh, for the desires of your flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. And he goes on and he he describes some characteristics of one who is being led and giving in to the passions and desires of the flesh, and then the spirit, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But understand this. This is what that means. When it says that for freedom Christ has set us free, therefore stand firm and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery, it means there's a new master in the house. There's a new boss. A new I'm not the boss of me. And you're not the boss of you. When you give your heart to Jesus Christ, you give up that right. And you say, Christ, you have with me and you do with me exactly what you want. For the glory of God. And for the good of others. You see, there's a new master in the house who's calling the shots. He's leading, he's guiding you. And here's the good news. This master, unlike your old master, he cares deeply for you and he loves you personally. And he wants what is best for you. John 10.10 says this, For the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I have come that you may have life to the full, your translation may say. But what he's saying is this, is the life that that I've come to give you and everything is for your good and it's for my glory. And it's that life lived out obediently to Christ that will help change this world and impact your community, impact your family, impact your workplace for the gospel, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, before Christ, we were enslaved to sin. Our master was Satan. Jeff Sook, I didn't plan this, or I did plan this, but I didn't tell him. uh, Come up here for a second. I'm going to need your help. Let me see if I can explain it a little bit better. All right. I'm going to need you to wrap this thing around me. Gladly. Gladly, he says. (laughs) Uh, Thank you. Don't you just love your deacons? (laughs) That's good right there, Jeff. I was way ahead of you, Rick. All right. All right. I'm not giving you this key. Okay. (laughs) This is a picture of our life before Christ. We're walking around. These chains, as you can hear, it's heavy. It's weighty. It drags us down. I could chain this thing to a chair and add more weight to it. But before Christ, we were walking around with these chains. We are locked in here somewhere. And we didn't even realize it. And we wondered, why is it so hard? Why is life so hard? Why can't, why can't I just do things the way that I want to do them? Why can't I have the blessings and, and, and have the things that I see my? My family, my co-workers, my church members have the joy, the peace. Why? Because you're you're chained, you're enslaved to sin before Christ. I love Jeff, but I didn't trust him that much. But when Christ comes into our life He unlocks the lock and the chains come off. Amen. And no longer no longer are we bound by these things. No longer are we weighted down as Hebrews says. No longer are we entangled from the sin that, he, that Hebrews talks about. No! We don't have to be. Why? Because Christ has set us free. Christ has set you free if you're a believer in Christ. Christ set me free the summer before my senior year in high school. We no longer have to obey the passions and desires of the flesh. Let me go back and read Galatians 5.16. But walk, I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For they oppose one another. You ever live your life and you felt at times like, man, why do I keep sinning? Why do I keep doing this? Why, Why are these bad things happening to me? It's like, man, I just... I just keep doing this same thing over and over again. Paul's going to talk about that in Romans chapter 7. But let me just give you a little insight. You know which one between the flesh and the spirit? You know which one has the power in your life between those two things? The one you feed the most. It's the one you feed the most. So my question to you, it's, it's the question that I've had to ask myself this week, is, am I feeding the spirit and allowing the spirit to feed me, or am I fe- feeding the desires and the passions of the flesh? We've all been there. We've all had those moments where, even as a believer, when We've lost our focus. And it's not on Christ. And there's that time of repentance. John Stott says this. God wants His people to become like Christ. For Christ's likeness is the will of God for the people of God. So the question that I've had to ask myself this week as I've been preparing this message, uh, and the question I ask you today is, If God wants His people to become more like Christ, and the Christ-likeness is the will of God for the people of God, so my question to us today is this. Are you and I looking more and more like Jesus? Or are we looking more and more like our culture in the world? Are we looking more like the life with the chains and the bondage of sin? Or are we looking like the one who's been freed from it. And the third thing we see in, in verse 14 and beyond, not only do when we're alive in Christ, or because we're alive in Christ, we no longer have to live a life enslaved to sin. No longer do you have, no longer have to obey the passions and the desires of your flesh. But here's, here's some awesome news. Because of Christ's work on the cross... His death, burial, and resurrection. Just as sin no longer has dominion and power over Christ, as a believer in Jesus Christ, sin has no power over your life. You can live your life in the grace of God and not treat it like cheap grace. That's what was happening there in verse 1. There were people who being young in their faith or just not quite there maturity-wise who thought, well, because of grace, I can just continue to sin because the grace of God covers it all, right? But you can live your life in the grace of God and with the guidance of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you and me now you can with confidence say no to temptation. Or in the words to of my wonderful Gen Z and Gen Alphas, not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. When those temptations come, we say, not today, Satan. In other words, basically what we're saying is... What my generation would, would, the phrase that we would use is every time that Satan reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. That's what they're saying. Not today, Satan. Uh Uh-uh. No, I'm a child of God. And I'm going to live in obedience to the one who gave his life for me. I'm going to live in an obedience to the one who has not only changed my life, who, is, who can change my best friend's life, who hasn't received Jesus Christ yet. Who can change the life of my mom or my dad, who hasn't found, found salvation in Christ yet. I'm going to live in obedience. So when temptation comes our way, because we are alive in Christ now, we can say, Not today, Satan. Not today, not ever. Your life is God's now. He is our Lord and He's our Savior. Your new life in Christ is a process. My friend Scott Smith, he says this. He says, 90% of walking in victory is really just three things. Number one, Spending daily time with God. Number two, having the mindset of depending and dependence upon the Holy Spirit to help guide me each and every day. And number three, avoiding those flesh potholes. If you live in South Carolina, you know what a pothole is. You've probably paid a lot for it. You see, it's the process of sanctification. Sanctification is not a one-time thing. It's a lifelong thing for the life of the believer. It's a lifelong process. It's kind of like this. Now let's be honest. How many of you ever use these Teeth whitening strips. Raise your hand. Just don't be ashamed. Raise your hand. You see, these teeth whitening strips, you just kind of open them up. And because of years and years of just over time, your teeth not being as white as they used to be, and maybe us subconsciously thinking, oh, man. We look in the mirror and we see, instead of white, we see kind of yellow. And people will take these whitening strips and they'll put them on their teeth. Why? They'll leave them on there because they want their teeth to be that shade of white that it once was. Uh, Sound like I'm talking with a list, but it's okay. Because I got to keep it on there for it to work. But you see, if I use these strips one time and think that that stain from the coffee or the, the sweet tea in my, in my situation. Or, you know, the sodas or the smoking. Let's just be honest. If, if we think that one time is going to work and that automatically it's going to magically happen. No, for the teeth whitening strip to work. And those of you that were honest enough and brave enough to raise your hands about that you realize that you have to put them on, you have to leave them on, then you take them off, and the next day, you put them on, you leave them on, and you take them off for the process to work. That is the way sanctification in the life of a believer works. We have to live obediently to God, day in and day out. But the truth is, and the reality is, that there's many believers who feel like they'll live their life wholeheartedly for God for one week and expect it to last a whole year. You see, they want that long-term effect with a short-term effort. Can I tell you? I've been there. I've been down that road. But just as these teeth whitening strips, you've got to do it over and over and over again. And over time, and all, you'll see that, that yellow color and all start to become more and more white the way that you want it. That's the way sanctification in the life of a believer works. You can't just serve God and just love Him for one, one week thinking that it's going to last you all year long. Won't you try eating, eating good meals for one week. And then not eating for the rest of the year. And see how that goes for you. And that's physically. I'm talking spiritually. How's that soul going to last? It's by daily getting in the word with God. It's about avoiding those flesh potholes. It's about having that mindset of the dependence on the Holy Spirit. Paul goes on and he, he, he says there in verse 15, What well, then are we to sin because we are not under law but grace? By no means. In other words, no, dummy. Do you not know that if you present yourself to anyone as obedient slaves, you're a slave of the one to whom you obey, either sin that leads to death or obedience which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient to the heart of the standard of teaching to which you were committed and have been set free from sin, having become slaves of righteousness. Here's the reality. We're all slaves to something. But we get to choose. God in his sovereignty and his love for us allows us to choose. Even when he knows we're choosing the wrong thing. It's just like a loving parent who sees their teenager going down this path. That's going to know that it's going to lead them to destruction and lead to bad things happening. But they talk to them till they're blue in the face and it hasn't come through. And as any loving parent would do... they have to sit back and they start praying and they pray and they pray and all that the Father would protect them when they're in that life of disobedience. And praying that one day that they would realize that God's plan for their life is better than any plan that they ever have. And that God's love for them is better than any love that they will ever experience in their life. Scott Smith goes on to say this, just as no one can be saved apart from the person of Christ, no one can live saved apart from the person of the Holy Spirit. So here's here's the practical application today. We have characteristics of the old life. Jealousy, anger, divisions, idolatry, impurity, envy. And then we have characteristics of the new life. This life that we're alive in Christ. The characteristic that we don't want to sin. The characteristic of Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. If you want more evidence, turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 1. It says this. Here's the characteristic of one who is alive in Christ. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor seats at, sits at the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither in and all, and all that he does. He prospers. You know, the social media world, you see these things how it was, how it is. Before I came to faith in Jesus Christ, I didn't realize it at the time, but this is how it was. This is how your life was. But because of God's great love for us, he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus to die on a cross to pay the penalty of our sin. Why? Because he has a love for us that we can't understand until we understand and how awesome Jesus is. Here's the bad news. You, know, you have bad news and good news, right? Here's the bad news. If you haven't trusted Jesus with your life yet, these three points that I shared with you today do not apply to you. You're still enslaved to sin. You're still obeying the passions and desire of your flesh, and sin has power over your life. But the good news is this oh, it's good news. That if you'll place your trust in Jesus, that you will be set free from sin and you will become a child of God today. So I beg you, plead with you, take off the chains and let Jesus set you free. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for... His love, His willingness to obey You by going to the cross and dying for our sins. and Father, I pray that today for that, those people in here who maybe they've grown up in church all their life but yet those chains of sin are still enslaving them much like I was for 17 years. But Father, I thank you that I had a youth pastor who loved me when I didn't love him and who loved Jesus and continued to pray and to seek me out. And I thank you that you placed him in my life and that in the summer of 1993, Myrtle Beach South Carolina Sea Mist Resort You finally got my attention and I saw clearly the bondage of the chains of sin in my life and I gave my heart to Jesus Father I pray that there's one here today that is in that same boat they've never given their life to Jesus Christ they've never experienced the joy of the relationship with Jesus Christ Lord that they do that today that they would taste and see that the Lord is good in your name we pray Amen Amen as we go into this time of response an invitation there's nothing magical about coming down to the altar but the altar is a place of surrender I will say that you can do business with God right there in your seat and God knows your heart. But maybe you you just need someone to pray for you today. I'm going to be down here I'm going to ask Stephen if he'll come down as well. Today, maybe you've realized God's opened up your eyes to see that The reason life seems so heavy that you're so tired of life is because you've been wearing those chains of sin. Maybe today you're a believer. You've already made that decision to trust Jesus with your life. But you've never taken that next step in believer's baptism. And you want to to do that in February when we have baptism. I'd love to talk to you about that. But today, maybe you're, you've been a follower of Jesus Christ for a long time. You've been saved, but you're what Warren is because you're a betweener. You've been living in that land between Egypt and Canaan all your life. Or you've been living your life between. Good Friday and Easter Sunday knowing that Jesus died on the cross but never experiencing the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in your life and you simply just some people call it recommitment the Bible calls it repentance plain and simple and you just need to repent God I've not allowed you to be who You want to be in my life as a believer. But today is a new day. And although you set me free at salvation, Lord, I want to be free as can be. Because I want to understand and live out this life of sanctification. Whatever it is, whatever your decision is, you be obedient to the Father today. Let's stay in as we sing
0: Jesus name above all names beautiful say Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads. We're so glad that you joined us for the message today. If Pastor Jack or any of our team can serve you, please reach out to us. You can send us an email at jack at hope at crossroads.org or by visiting our website. We would be most grateful to know where you are listening because we have people all over the world listening to our podcast. You can send us a message through our website. We would appreciate your prayers for us as we are in the midst of a building campaign to reach more children and families in our local community in Greenville County, South Carolina. If you would like to help, you can always make your gift online at our website hope at crossroads.org. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Hope at Crossroads.